welcome to Talking Walking, hosted by Andrew Stuck from Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. Talking Walking brings you interviews with people from the world of walking, artists, activists, professionals, and those of us who have a passion for just taking a walk. Five years ago, looking for places to get close to nature in southeast London with her then toddler, Hannah Such found it proved to be absurdly difficult. Although through recommendations she found One Tree Hill and Sydenham Hill Woods, Hannah became convinced that what was needed was a simple app to help solve this problem facing many parents. She applied her digital design skills and came up with Go Jauntly. With an infectious laugh and an intriguing story to tell, we quickly fell into a candid conversation about how Go Jauntly came into being. This is a must-listen for anyone who, like me, has thought of creating an app, as Hannah reveals just how tough it can be. You're, you're an app maker, and you've yeah. created something called Go Jauntly, but were you a sort of enthusiastic walker to begin with? Oh, that's such a good question. So I was probably an unenthusiastic walker <laughs> to begin with, um, but knew and felt like it sort of derived some pleasure and not really a fan of the gym or getting sweaty. Uh, walking is actually like a really good uh, form of exercise for me. So uh, I think I, I discovered walking apart from you know, being a child and learning to walk when I was nine months old, apparently. Uh, I actually discovered walking quite late on, and it was because my now husband basically took me to see his parents, who live in the middle of nowhere in Northumberland, and all you could do was walk because there was nothing else to do. And that's kind of how I discovered walking. Okay, so, so what prompted the creation of Go Jauntly? So with Go Jauntly, it was really born out of a frustration of actually not being able to find really nice places to go for a walk. Despite living in London, and London having a lot of green space, I think at the time, I was listening to Dan Raven Ellison's National Park City Project, and there was a State of Nature report that said London was like 47% green space, and I was like, why don't we try and help unlock some of these hidden gems for people? And I... I think it was around the time I lived in Brockley and I didn't realise that One Tree Hill, Ladywell Fields existed or Sydenham Hill Woods and I wanted to help people find those locations and when we looked online there wasn't really anything that helped inspire me to get out and about enjoying nature and there wasn't a way to sort of understand whether or not the walks would be suitable with a pram, push chair at the time. It was a time when you were a young mum. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Well, you're still a young mum, that's a bit <laughs> I'm an old, decrepit mum now. <laughs> no, you're not, no, you're not. And, uh, but yeah, you, you, you had a child in a, in a pushchair. Yeah, basically, I had a child in a pushchair, push or he used to moan about walking, but then we did a whole bunch of research around the benefits of walking and being outside in nature, and I was just like, you know, this is something we could do, there's nothing else out there, we could own this. And uh, I really wanted my son to have a good relationship with nature, even though he lived in, you know, the big smoke. And this gave us that opportunity to go out and about exploring um, in green space. wasn't really hard to get to and quite accessible as well. So, I mean, how does it all begin? I mean, are you a techie? I mean, or did you have to go find a techie? What, I mean, yeah. what, what was the thing that suddenly said, gosh, wouldn't it be great to create the app that solves this problem? 
So my background is in digital products and service design. So I worked with the likes of Google, Xbox, Nike, various other brands to create digital products and services for you know, all sorts of different audiences. So my background, I guess in a way, is in design and I have a really good understanding of tech. And it made it easier for me to sort of understand the amount of work that would need to go into it. But we actually self-funded it through our design consultancy at the time. We had a bit of downtime and we were like, let's use this downtime productively. And so that's how we were able to sort of bootstrap it, I guess. And how long did it take to get to, from sort of nothing to beta to, to yeah. being, being launched? I think from idea to sort of design, it took around, I don't know, like six months, let's say. But that was because we were doing a lot of research. We'd made prototypes. We kind of got uh, users to use it and see whether or not it was something they would like to use. And then we won this uh, Geovation challenge. It gave us £20,000 equity-free grant to work on Go Jointly, get it, get it off the ground as like a, what we called a minimum lovable product. So we wanted to make something that people really loved but there was scope to do so much more. And having Alex Rossesley's backing made us think, you know what? This has got legs, let's do this. And then it took another six months to get it launched. But it's been a labor of love. We've been doing it for like five years now or something. And uh, finally feel like we're just sort of getting there. <laughs> Did you? anticipate it was going to take that long i mean you you, you design yeah. digital products or yeah. had that experience so yeah so you knew that that was uh, realistic yeah i think i had the benefit of working with big corporations small startup founders incubating their ideas getting stuff on the ground so i was quite confident in the product side i guess i was less confident in the sort of marketing it the kind of business development and all of that stuff, I didn't feel as confident, but I knew how long it would take to get something kind of usable and lovable, I guess, yeah. Uh, I didn't know it would take five years to get where we are, but I think it's a sort of self-sustaining business now, so we could just plod along if we like. My listeners have got the opportunity, obviously, of downloading Go Jauntly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a free offer. It was really important for us to not create new barriers to walking. Uh, we wanted to break down barriers. So the app's free. Nearly all of the walks are free. Nearly all of the features are free. And the way we monetize is there's an optional $1.99 a month premium subscription, which unlocks some extra features like the ability to download trails offline and then special access to some specially curated walks and tours. And then we also work with local authorities and brands and organisations to promote walking for leisure, nature connection and active travel as well. So, yeah, the app will always be free. That's really important to us. And you can now tell me some incredible numbers, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I have to remind myself that they are incredible because we haven't really had much money for marketing. So, you know, we're not like the likes of shall we say Ordnance Survey or View Ranger, who have tons of marketing budget available. For the first few years we had none. Uh, so we've relied on word of mouth, press and PR, and sort of like organic social media. But in terms of our numbers now, and thanks to our partners, it's around 350,000 downloads or something. And in August, we actually peaked with 40,000 monthly active users. Like, pretty chuffed with that. 
early on when we started to speak to some investors, uh, we're self-funded, but we did speak to someone and they were sort of, those were the numbers that they were sort of saying that we'd need to get to. So it's been really good to get there. You did mention before we started recording that there was a, a new challenge coming up. So, oh, yeah. So this is, uh, is this partly to encourage new users or to keep the users you have loyal? Yeah, it's a bit of both, actually. So a couple of months ago, we launched Walking Challenges, and it's basically a way for people to kind of sign up to these micro-challenges and micro-adventures that help them get out and about and enjoying nature and getting their steps up and... Uh, it was born out of a project with Portsmouth City Council and they had an initiative called Stomp to School where they wanted to encourage parents and carers to ditch the car and walk to school three times a week. And so we kind of co-created this challenge feature with them and that's sort of just finishing up now and we're going to get the results back really soon. But as part of it, we launched our own challenges. So in October, we had Walktober. Um, I think... In autumn, which is like kind of what we're walking and <laughs> enjoying right now, some people can sort of tend to want to hibernate. So you're like, actually, no, now's a really nice time to get out and about. The leaves are changing. There's squirrels and nuts and seeds and things like that everywhere. The skies are blue. Like, let's get out and enjoy it. So that, so that went really well. And now we've got a new autumn and winter challenge coming up because one of the most requested challenges from our previous challenge was the distance challenge. So we're going to try and get everyone to walk 200 kilometres um, in 12 weeks or less, basically just to try and get us through <laughs> winter. And we worked out it's about 30 minutes a day, so I reckon it's doable. Yeah, you going to sign up? Um, well, I think I walked that almost this yeah. morning. <laughs> for some um, people, it's much easier, but for me, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it, but I'll give it a no, try. No, I mean, I think um, walking challenges are great because certainly when you see the popularity of something like Walk 500 Miles from uh, Country Walking Magazine, yeah. which is now, I think, Walk 1,000 Miles. Yeah. You know, we've got so many people enthused by it all. So that's great. G give me sort of three or four examples of a go jauntily route or, or walk. How have they come into being? So a walk that we launched during lockdown was in partnership with the Humanist Society who were celebrating a big anniversary um, in 2021 and one of the really appealing things to them was that they could curate these walks, get them on the app and then um, people could enjoy the walks wherever they were virtually um, during lockdown or if they lived in London they could go off on the walk and this humanist trail goes around Bloomsbury and it sort of takes in specific points where points of interest where key humanist figures have either contributed to the, the movement or been a part of it somehow. And then at different points of interest, you can swipe up and you can read more background information about this person or this place and why it's relevant to the humanist movement. So that's, that's something that we've done recently. And then we also worked with this group called Greater Manchester Walking and they commissioned some short walks in and around the Greater Manchester re region. We co-created the walks with community groups and then we mapped out accessible and step-free routes you know ranging from 20 minutes long all the way to sort of 40 minutes long and they've been really really po popular they launched in lockdown two i think which was like november 2020 and we managed to reach well, nearly a million different people 
at the height of lockdown and they've been really, really popular. And one of the really cool things about those roots is we describe what we see. So if they're low hanging branches or it, the ground is soft underfoot or there's bollards or barriers, we describe them. And so people can decide whether or not the route is accessible enough for them rather than us sort of projecting that onto them. Um, and there's lots of step free versions as well, which is really good. Finally, I just made a walk in Broccoli actually, which you might like. It's a treasure trail for kids. And it goes around the old Broccoli and Ladywell Cemetery. And you go around, you note down clues, and at the end, you solve a puzzle. And uh, we kind of launched it in half term. My son and I did it, and it was like a really fun activity, which we then gone to share with his school friends and the local community. And you can enjoy that for free as well on the app. And, uh, and the routes are they're geolocated? Is that how it works? Yeah, so it's really easy to create your own routes. Lots of our community members do create and share their favorite routes. You take pictures when you're out and about, it takes the GPS tag from the pictures and then you kind of put it into essentially like an editor. You add information that other people might find interesting. So things like turn left at the conquer tree or bear right at the fork or there is this really interesting um, piece of architecture here, check it out. Or there's gnomes in this lady's front garden, go and have a spy. Like really silly sort of things. We note down where the, where the loos are, because that's always an essential to know where the nearest toilet is. And then, yeah, you just upload it and off it goes onto the app. It's really quite easy. Brilliant. To me, it's, it does seem incredible. There's nothing like it. Are, are there now many more competitors that have emerged? Because you said when you were doing the, the original inspiration was there was yeah. nothing that you could find. Now, how, are there some copycats out there? People always say to me, oh, there's loads of walking apps out there. And you're like, yes, okay, there's walking apps like Strava, but they're also running apps and they're that already fit. And to be honest, I try not to kind of get too into what competitors are doing. We might, like every year or two, we might do a sweep of what's out there, but we just try and concentrate on our own thing. I don't think there's anything else like us, but I would say that, wouldn't I? Well, I think you know, that's, that sounds probably good to me. I, 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 you know, uh, uh, you've already revealed that it takes, you know, zero to five years to put, put something like this together, unless you've got a bucket load of money yeah. and a whole team working on it. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, genuinely, how much money you're going to make out of it. The good news was you, you did tell me you'd made 350,000 downloads. If they'd all chipped into that 199 premium, yeah. I wouldn't be walking with you here. We'd be on the Costa Brava. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I'm not really in it for the money. I've never really been driven by money. Maybe that will be to my downfall in future. <laughs> but I just did it because I wanted to do something that like helped people, you know, like the mental health crisis, the obesity crisis, the equality crisis, the climate crisis, the biodiversity crisis. There's so many crises now and it feels like if you're not working on something that's for the greater good, like what's the point? So for me, I think, you know, you're right in terms of the buckets of cash. Like technically we didn't have to use cash cash. We used our resources because we had our own design team and, you know, it was like a lot of extra hours and things like that. But I guess that is why I tend not to try and get too ingrained in other startups that are kicking off because I know how much work it takes to get something off the ground and it's not easy. There was one thing that someone said to me, I can't remember who it was, but they said never give up. Like that's, that's when startups fail is when you give up. So I've just got that 
horrendous draining kind of stone weighed on my back that says <laughs> never give up and I guess it's helped <laughs> okay well you're five years beyond, beyond zero so what would you have done differently uh, I wasted a bit of time trying to get private investment I spoke to a lot of rich people or a lot of people who had access to rich people's money and it I got ghosted quite a lot which was actually a really horrible feeling I don't know if you've ever been ghosted before it's where people just like start talking to you like really responsive and then all of a sudden just stop responding <laughs> it was quite hard and it made me like kind of not feel great about myself and I realized actually only after doing it is that I didn't actually need to do it so there's this thing where if you start up an app business or like if you want to be taken seriously you need to go out there and raise money yeah you have your pitch deck ready yeah you have your pitch deck ready go and meet all these people but actually if you can monetize from the get-go you can build a community if you can apply for grants if you can do something else on the side whilst you're getting it off the ground actually you might not need the cash that was my main regret really it's the one that annoys me the most like when i when i look back <laughs> <laughs> well i mean, i have to say that sounds fantastic that, that's uh, well okay so what for the next five years oh god um, <laughs> i try not to think about it too much and i don't know if that's good or bad we've got a roadmap so we know all of the products and features that we want to create and actually some of the things that we're launching now we thought of three or four years ago i think we've probably got another five years of roadmap <laughs> left um what we want to try and do is get go jointly available as a green prescription to people who are looking to sort of introduce like social prescribing uh, so that's a task and i think that will help us get into sort of grassroots communities we want to continue working with schools and local authorities to try and encourage parents and carers to to ditch the car for the school run and then um, once we've conquered the UK and Ireland then we might go and like have a go at Paris or <laughs> Rotterdam or something like that so and there's a few other things that we want to do like a few other features that we get asked for but I won't go into too much detail about that but that's the that's the overall plan shall we say for our listeners who aren't familiar with the phrase social prescribing can, can you explore that a little bit more yeah so I think social prescribing sort of came to the fore like a few years ago there's now like a national academy for social prescribing I think it was one of Matt Hancock's sort of efforts to basically help people keep well and then with the hope that they need primary care a bit less so social prescribing ranges from everything from sort of like kind of money management through to uh, promoting physical health promoting sort of craft activities like learning new skills and uh, walking actually and cycling and stuff like that and so we created this feature called Nature Notes in partnership with the University of Derby. They have this nature connectedness research group there who are doing lots of really pioneering stuff around how not just spending time in nature, but actually noticing things in nature has a really positive effect on your mental well-being. So we included this RCT, randomised controlled trial, 
feature into the app which encourages you to note down the good things that you see in everyday nature. So for example today we're walking in hilly fields and there's loads of like beautiful crunchy leaves everywhere so if you go back home, note that down, it can have clinically significant improvements to your mental well-being. What's come of it? So with the Nature Notes feature it's just available on iPhone at the moment even though the app is available on iOS and Android. But um, next year we're looking to kind of get that on the app and then hopefully work with sort of local authorities to bring that um, feature and benefit to, to more people because you just have to do it for a week for it to have benefits up to one month. And there are science shows that actually the more connected to nature you are, the more pro-environmental, pro-nature conservation behaviours you have. So uh, it feels like something that's like, really important to us right now, given everything that's going on in the world. So if someone listens to this yeah. and they think, actually, I've got this huge group of people who need to get a little bit more active, you'd love to hear from them. Oh, well, yeah. Well, what do they have to do to do that? I mean, are you approachable? I mean, it's taken me, <laughs> it's taken me in almost five years to pin you down for a 40-minute interview. That's because I'm uh, quite shy, and when I start talking, I don't stop. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no. it's unfortunate. We, we did have a pandemic. No, no, don't. Do um, don't worry, we won't put that on tape. People, <laughs> people do say that we are quite good at getting back to people. So I think because we've had to rely on ourselves, like if anyone shows an inkling of interest, we're like, oh, hi, yeah, we'd love to talk to you about it. So, yeah, so you could just email us, hi, at gojaunty.com, and someone will get back to you within 48 hours. Wow, how about <laughs> that? And how big is the team? I mean, you know... Oh, uh... <laughs> at the moment, we're three, uh, so super micro... We're hoping to sort of make another hiring and one of our teams on maternity leave at the moment. So we're quite small, but we're lucky in that we're all sort of like multidisciplinary. So I can do some UX and service design for the app. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm doing new business or I'm talking to you. So And also it helps keep the overheads down when you're small. <laughs> now, I mean, recently you were picked up by the uh, Apple marketing team and, and, and made app of the day or, or best oh. app on the web or something. I mean, tell <laughs> well, me what was been, that? We've been app of the day about 20 times or something. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> so run of the mill, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> run of the mill. But I think what you're referring to is there was a feature where I was on it and they basically gave me a photo shoot in the middle of Sydney Hill Woods. I had hair and makeup done and wardrobe and it was just completely and utterly bonkers. Yeah, we got this like behind the scenes feature, which was amazing and like not something that all apps get. And so, yeah, that was a moment for me where I was like, oh, wow, I actually am doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, put you on the spot. A couple of uh, routes or walks that you'd recommend? Oh. How many are there on Go Journey? There's like, oh, well, so in terms of curated trails, there's like nearly 2,000, but we've got this new feature which helps you walk from A to B, like the greenest, quietest, leafiest way. And it works across UK and Ireland, and it can also create like circular routes from wherever you are. So technically, we have an endless amount of routes available on the app now. But um, so it's really hard to like recommend 
some good ones and I have to try and think of something now. So Well, I think we've already got the Broccoli Ladywell Cemetery yeah, yeah. treasure hunt. We have, but, yeah. But maybe something that, you know, is um, something that you've created yourself personally. Yeah. Or something that, you know, wow, I wish I was, that's a brilliant one. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. Oh, my God. I'm just trying to think now. This is really hard because there are so many. I have to say I've fallen a little bit in love with South Gloucester and we've been working a lot with Bristol City Council and so we've had quite a lot of opportunity to go over there. So if, if you live in and around South Gloucestershire at the moment, there's some amazing trails. There's this one called... Um, lower woods and it's uh basically a, a, one of the biggest bits of ancient woodland that's left in the uk and it's like you've gone to sort of narnia or something i think you could probably go whatever season and you would just basically explore for ages and there's like different zones as well which is something that we talk about at work about what makes a good walk so it needs to have some woodland it needs to have some water running through it you need to be able to go to the pub or have a loo at the end so it's like got nearly all of those things and then there's some other trails around there that are really nice and I also fell in love with the east coast of Scotland we hired this Airbnb at the bottom of this old fort it's called Dunard Fort I don't know if you've heard of it and you can basically just scramble up it and you get to the top and it's where the old kind of I want to say living room, but that's not right, is it? Because I don't think they had a living room in the medieval times. But in the banquet room, and you could sit up the top and watch the sunset, that's really nice as well. Dunard Fort, that's on um, the Go Jaunty app. Brilliant. Well, Hannah Sutt, thank you very much. Thank you, Andrew. It's been a pleasure, and I'm sorry it took so long. You've been listening to Talking Walking, brought to you by Rethinking Cities and the Museum of Walking. In this episode, you've heard from Hannah Sutt. If you have any views on this interview or any walking issues, we'd love to hear from you. Just follow the links on the Talking Walking website. We look forward to having you along for future episodes of Talking Walking. Written, recorded and produced by Andrew Stuck of Rethinking Cities Limited, our artwork is designed by Ian Martin of Aardvark Graphics and the music is composed by Simon Sanders of Easy Tronic.